morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in this morning. You are with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! Lawson! What are you thankful for this morning, Lawson? Um, oh, Let's see. I don't know. Nothing in particular. I guess like the, the weather's a little bit better today. Um... I had terrible dreams last night, but uh, but I'm here, which is good. Did you eat peanut butter before you went to bed? No. I peanut eat, butter, I peanut butter before I go to bed, bed always makes me dream. Dude, I had I had this reoccurring theme because my dream, you know, when you just have those long drawn out dreams where you just do everything. But the one reoccurring theme is that I kept using people's stuff, like driving their car or riding their bicycle or whatever, and then breaking it, and then being like. Oh no, I have to fix this before I get back. And I just had, was in this constant state of panic. I don't know why. Like, it was really doing my head in. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, thank God that is not my life. <laughs> like, what? Like, all the carnage that I left behind for all these different people that I broke their stuff. I was, I was freaking out, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm here. Uh, <laughs> and not caught up in that. <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah, well? absolutely. So, uh, well. I'm thankful for, I, I learned something this week, and that is that when babies are less than one years old, they have a birthday every month. What do you mean? Yeah, I know, but I found this out. So this was a new thing for me. So we celebrated uh, our granddaughter's one-month birthday. But, Apparently they have a birthday that, every month for the first year. that's not the date of her birth. I know. Apparently it's a thing, though. One month is a thing, two months is a thing. Apparently this is a thing. Okay, that's one Just month. help me out. Help me out, guys. That's one month from her birth, yeah, but it's help not me out, guys. Her Are these special milestones that we... Because you don't get bored like every month. It's I, I need our listeners to help me out. Uh, is this something that is actually a thing? Is it celebrated like each month for the first year or it something? Really? I'm putting my line in the sand. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Um, okay, let's have a look at some positive with different, positively different news this morning. And, dude, this first article I came across was, like, really funny. It's kind of in line with what we've been talking about a couple weeks ago, or at least last week, I believe it was, how we'd seen this trend and this pattern of, like, these massive corporations in the United States offering people, you know, whether it be, like, free college education or all these different benefits to come and work at their companies. And we were kind of sitting here thinking, like, what is their return on investment here? We come up with a few different, you know, conspiracies. That's right, we did. And different things as to, like, oh, well, you know, they're kind of stepping up where the government isn't to create, you know, allegiance and all this thing, and ultimately locking people in to get a, a return on investment. Um, they have got to be, be right. got to be something. There's got to be a business plan. There is always a business. There plan. There has to be. We look because we looked at companies like, particularly like Walmart and Target. These are not churches. These are not churches. These are not, you know, companies founded on good morals or, or morality. No, these are like. Huge corporations that made their money, like, earnestly. Like, honestly, by putting other companies out of business because they could conglomerate enough stuff within their own 
um, stores. And uh, so I've, I've seen another instance of this this morning, but it was really funny the channel in which I saw it because I came across it on a sponsored post on, on one of the, the news outlets that I usually go to. Now, if I see a sponsored post, I usually have nothing to do with it because I'm like, why would I want to read some kind of prop- propaganda? But this, the post is claiming to be sponsored by a company that is like an organization that donates um, that donates uh, school supplies to teachers, right? And money to teachers to be able to get school supplies. But this story is all about how T-Mobile, which is, you know, basically an Optus or a Telstra over in the States, swooped in and gave them a $1 million donation to be able to really help the teachers in need. And, and again, like I can just see so this is a tax lurk. There's a tax lurk here. Sorry? There's going to be a tax a tax. Look, here's a tax lurk. It's also again like they're really. It seems they're aiming and targeting at like like with the other companies, Walmart and Target. They're offering to pay for people's tuition. And it's like you know the government can't help you get through uni. Well, we will. We're a big corporation. We'll help you out. You can come for work for us. And now I got here. The government won't help you buy books and and be able to you know furnish your classrooms. Well, we will. We'll help you out. You know, we'll step up to the plate where society and the man is lacking because we're a corporation. And it's just like, oh, I can see it so clearly. And the sponsored post is just going all, all on all about, like, how they've made such a big contribution. And this is doing so good for teachers around America. And I'm sure, like, people have benefited from this. But again, return on investment. That's right. There is a business plan. You know there is a business plan. Yeah. There is an agenda. There is <laughs> something the that they view. want to accomplish. There is no way that you have large corporations who have a conscience like this because we have seen over and over again, they don't have a conscience. They don't care. They don't, of course <laughs> they don't. They don't care, dude. Like, and, and it's uh, my favourite part here is because, like, dude, when Walmart said they would be investing $1.5 billion into education and then, like, target, like, $400 million, I'm like, Phew. Those are pretty big contributions. Like that, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. And then this 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 article's like, and T-Mobile out of nowhere swooped in and laid down a million bucks. Like they're a billion, multi-billion dollar <laughs> multinational corporation. Uh-huh. It's like, wow, they're really helping uh-huh. the the sixteen teachers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting, and I, and I, I just want to see this as a trend continue, so that we can kind of get some highlights out of it and see how this plays out. Because I feel like this is a thing, and it's going to continue whilst we see around the world, especially in Australia. I, I can't. I, I'm actually anticipating this is going to start to happen in Australia. But what we're seeing in the United States, you know, because of the political climate, the rise in the distrust of the government now more than ever it's like corporations have a perfect time to sweep in and to make money and they're and they're doing it that's it and they're doing it that's it absolutely all right my next story dude this is this is it la like this is it's (laughs) happening like i i promise like this is lawson once a week this is it's happening once a week so we've been talking about all different developments going on whether it's been and we've got a a story about hydrogen coming up after this probably but you know in in, when it comes to electric transport electric vehicles the challenges that they face and lyle was actually you that said oh why don't they just run electromagnetic coils under the road the charges the cars while they're driving. Yes, I did say that. Well, guess who's implementing it? The state of Indiana. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. I am officially 
a genius. You are. You, yes. you saw this happening yes. literally a month before it happened. That's which right. In the grand scheme of things, isn't very long, but yep. I said it here on Faith FM a month ago. They scratched their heads in where was it? Indiana. Indiana. They were like Indiana. You know the great what? State Lyle's of Indiana. Really my my wife was born in Indiana, <laughs> and they've gone. Yep, Lyle's onto it, and then now they've done it. Yeah. See? So basically, Indiana, like the entire state, um, you know, in their highway system and whatnot, they're working with a uh, a German company to literally. This is what they're doing. They're chucking a bunch of electromagnetic coils under all the freeways, um, making, you know, because when you go to, like, California and different states, they have different rules on um, regulations when it comes to cars. So manufacturers have to change different things, you know, just different things in different local markets and whatnot. Yes. As something for EV vehicles that will be coming to Indiana, whether it's a Tesla or a Mercedes or whatever, they're coming up with a standard-issue um coil electromagnetic pack that sits in the undercarriage of the car and charges off the and charges off the freeway while it's driving. driving see and then you never have to have a fuel stop you can drive from one side of the country to the other and you never have to stop but the, the, okay this is like though all this all being said yes this is if if we're successful at this yes this is the ultimate death of fuel companies <laughs> oh, this is, this is like this is like the <laughs> nah, you know, they'll you, just they'll just they'll just sell all of their fuel to uh, to make electricity. Yeah, but I'm no, just like the power stations. But this is the thing: is that we've ha- they've had opportunities in the past to change, yet they've sh- shut down the infrastructure and the technology that was yeah they just buy it out. It. exactly yeah. and get rid of it. And so I'm just seeing here is like Very. you know what's going to happen? Are they going? But this this is the thing: is that it's state legislated. Like this is you know a, a, a government, even though not the governments aren't immune to big corporations stepping up and throwing in a helping hand or whatever it may be or stopping, you know, lobbying or whatever. But I'm like, you know, we're going to see a tanker ship, you know, with a BP logo on it, sideswipe a tanker ship with a bunch of electromagnetic coils made in Germany on it. Like, like what are we going to – how is this going to play out? You know, because – when it comes to the the petrol companies, the oil companies, like these, you know, these are the richest guys in the world. These are the big players across the world. What are they going to do? Because if this is successful in Indiana, then there's no way that it isn't going to travel to places like Australia. Um, it's not going to travel, you know, right around the world. Because this is, this is technology that a lot of people are already trying to, to work with um, in terms of, like, rails and different things. No one's really perfected it. I think India is making the first attempt that is actually usable um, in terms of not having to connect to some kind of rail or something. So, yeah, this is this is really awesome. And I hope it goes forward without a hitch. Or if it doesn't, well, then... Let's let's see what happens. So this is really interesting. We're getting text messages coming through on the stories that you've been sharing this morning uh-huh. from two different sides, like completely opposite from each other. Dude. So we're going to talk about those in just a moment, and we want to hear your opinions on this. Yeah. You know, is is, is this positively different news, or is uh, Lawson sort of going to the realm of serious news? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so we have been talking about this issue of big corporations pouring billions of dollars into uh, student scholarships in the United States and trying to figure out, you know, what's the motive behind this? What's the business plan? What's actually going on here? Is this is this people actually just being Christian? Mm. Um, okay, so we have some, one person texting in who says this, none of us are perfect. As Christians, we should praise the Lord for all good being done rather than being suspicious of motives. 
<laughs> Let's enough. keep the positively different news positive. That was one side. Here comes the other side. Go Team Mobile. They are buying more souls for their kingdom of Satan. Nothing is free in this world. That is beside the gift of eternal life. So there you go. Which side are you going to take in this text it's very discussion? Very different sides. Completely different sides, right there. I uh, see, look. I, I see. I see. What, I, I really understand. Cause like, because what the first person who texted in is getting at is that uh, I should probably do some more positively different yes, news. Yes, and I, I agree with them. But there's sometimes just let me just let me indulge myself. I always. I that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should let Lawson indulge himself. Just, just, in uh, just, a, just, uh, just once in a while. I do. I indulge myself in positively different views every now and then because <laughs> it's, well, it's, it, it, it's interesting. Because that's the thing. It actually started. But this, is a, this is also something that affects you because you're a student. Yeah, and it, but it started when I first reported about Walmart. It started as a positively different news story. I was the one who twisted it. Yeah, and, and now we're just skeptical. <laughs> just we're just conspiracy theorists. So. All right, all right. Sorry, man. <laughs> okay, we'd love to hear from you guys. So let us know what your thoughts on it. You know, is this a conspiracy to you know send people get more people through through to the universities where they'll be corrupted by said universities, or is this uh, just just benevolence? That's right. All right, Pakistan. We have the story of Shagufta Kiran. And her children, uh, her two sons, uh, who were arrested, they were accused of blasphemy for forwarding a WhatsApp post. Mm. Now, of course, in Pakistan, it is illegal to insult a religious leader, mm. so particularly Muhammad or something like that. And this is a law that has been used to pretty much just persecute Christians because anything that you say that is positive about Christianity can be seen as an insult towards Muhammad, mm. and that's kind of how it's been used. And so whenever somebody says something positive about Jesus, well, not so much about Jesus because he's mentioned in the Quran, but positive about Christianity, mm. it's like, bang, you know, death penalty right there. And so what happens is that not all of these people do end up suffering the death penalty, but they're certainly punished by the system. Uh, they can spend very, very long times in period in periods in jail. So you've got the recent stories of uh, Asia Bibi who spent nine years on death row. Then you've got the couple Shafquat and Shagufta uh, Kausa who spent seven years on death row. And these are people who were just accused of blasphemy. Now, these uh, blasphemous laws that they have in Pakistan that have resulted in Pakistan being listed as number five in the worst countries in the world for religious liberty. Where do you think the origin of those laws comes from? Um, oh, I feel like there's a subversive answer. There is a very out. subversive answer to this question because it doesn't come from Islam. Mm. It doesn't come from the Quran. It's, it's communism, isn't it? It doesn't come from communism. Okay, oh, comes from the British Empire. Oh, wow. These were laws that were instituted by That's the British right. Empire. right, yes. So basically what happened, there was a lot of conflict between the Hindus and the Muslims in India because Pakistan and Bangladesh used to be part of India. Mm. A lot of conflict. And so the English came in and said, okay, anybody fighting over religions and insulting each other's uh, religious leaders gets the death penalty. And this, of course, was back in the days of, you know, the British Empire and the death penalty being handed out, you know, pretty regularly for all kinds of stuff. And, of course, those laws are still on the books. They still exist and are still being used. 
So this is British Empire laws, you know, and this is one of the frustrating things that I see, you know, when uh, you've got Western democracies that go out and create these uh, colonies Mm. is that, you know, they will have certain standards in their country, standards on separation of church and state, standards on religious liberty and so forth, that they refuse to give to these other countries. And you can see a perfect example of it in places like Afghanistan or Iraq, where America has been, you know, in the last 20 years or so, where they've gone and they've had the opportunity to put in place a secular government. And what do they do? They take out a secular government in Iraq Mm. and put in a religious government, and this is America, which has and stands for separation of church and state and religious liberty. Yeah, well, because they think that that will somehow placate the the the, the natives. Mm. And you got exactly the same thing taking place in Afghanistan, and of course, both of them end up being failed states. That's right. We just need to, yeah, practice what we preach. <laughs> Filmmaker Michael Moore had something interesting to say about Afghanistan, um, and he's one of the very few supporters at the moment of uh, Biden's handle of the withdrawal. Uh, but he talked about, you know, because he's supporting obviously the way that Biden is uh, is you know doing this particular withdrawal. Um, he is um, he's talking about you know playing down the Taliban and like, well, actually they're no worse. Uh, in enforcing Sharia law than Southern Baptists in endeavouring to enforce Christian law in the United States. Uh, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are going uh, about that one. Um, uh, like, <laughs> okay, so 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 okay, I I agree to a point. Christians should not seek to enforce religious law. I the only point I agree in that statement with is that there are people who are trying, but does that mean that they're like storming Capitol buildings to try and you know blowing up people to? No, like this is th- that yeah. is such an overstatement. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, Southern it's Baptists trying stretch. to install <laughs> religious stretch. laws, and it's like you know they did some like lobbying one time. Like it's a big stretch <laughs> come right on, there. Dude. Yeah. That's a big stretch, but that is kind of the crazy world that we live in today. Mm. You get some person out there who comes makes up sense with that something. he's a movie maker. Like he's he's lives in California, yeah, yeah, has no exposure to it. Is like, oh yeah, this is what's going on. But yeah. Having said that, I won't be too quick to defend uh, evangelicals in the United States because they do tend That's to right. take the separation of church and state. They do do try and do away with the separation of church and state way too far. They take That's that right. concept way yeah. too far. Hundred percent. Okay, Chinese uh, Chinese um, Communist Party, the CCP, uh, has enacted legislation requiring neighbours to spy on each other to find home churches or to find Christians, and they're paying one hundred and fifty dollars USD per tip. That works out. So if you can accuse your neighbours of being Christians and it's found that they are actually Christians and that they have had a Christian meeting, which can be simply they had friends over for a meal, then $150 right there. It's kind of kind of lucrative in China. Of course, there's a massive underground movement of house churches in China um, and basically this is legislation that is targeting unqualified ministers, unauthorised uh, trans-regional uh, meetings. That's where somebody moves across a region to... 
give a Bible study or do training seminar or whatever. Mm. Unauthorized preaching, unauthorized literature, unauthorized donations, uh, private house gatherings, and unauthorized audiovisual materials. So all of these things have to be authorized by the Communist Party if you're going to participate in them. And this is somehow to ensure a harmonious and stable religious landscape. So basically what you've got happening here in China is that the thought police are out. Be aware uh, when people say, tell us what we must say. You know, when people when people try and tell us what we should do and say, then you're in trouble. And not only that, they've been cracking down on legal churches. There was a legal church that was just raided. Um, the police stormed in. They uh, arrested 28 people. Uh, after the church service, threw them in prison, beat them up, and then released them because it was actually a legal church. But they kept the pastor in there for 14 days and fined him $1,000 anyway. Um, this all coming out of Xi Jinping's insecurity over Christianity and not being able to control what happens mm. in another person's mind. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are going to hear from David Haupt with his regular monthly update, uh, weekly update, I should say. David, welcome to the show. Good morning, gentlemen, and good morning to your listeners. Good to be back. Now, David, we often talk about the impact that uh, stress and strain, uh, pressure has on our mental health. Uh, But today, I understand we're going to be talking about what impact spirituality has on our health. Yes, while we so often talk or skirt around this topic, and it, it is vital because in the mental health world, there is quite a division between can spirituality help me in terms of my mental health or is it part of the problem in terms of my mental health? It's very interesting that we need to define, by the way, what we mean by spirituality because some people refer to organized religion as spirituality. Others refer to it as go for a walk in nature and listen to, to music, etc., etc., and that, that for them is spirituality. By the way, God has created all of us to be spiritual beings. So first and foremost, I want to just define what I deem as spirituality. For me, spirituality is to have, to, to, to be in a personal relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. Yes. And uh, that for me is the foundation. And therefore, we need to ask the question, um, can spirituality be uh, a support in overcoming mental health issues or is it a distraction? Is it causing some of those issues? It's very interesting what the outcomes are in in that kind of definition. And that is because, I mean, what I find, you know, particularly people with that are struggling with um, schizophrenia and so forth, I often find a very high level of spiritual interest, a much higher level than I do within the general community. And so yeah. I can see why health professionals would look at that and, you know, I don't, I don't have the research or the stats or anything, you know, I'm just speaking anecdotally here. And question, is this actually helping them or hindering them? Exactly. What what research really tells us is that people that believe that God is actually out to get them, to harm them, or that God is an absent God, or that, you know, it is my religious duty to persecute and um, to go after people and injure people that, uh, you know, believe different 
the way that I do believe that those people normally battle with more anxiety, more depression, and more mental health issues. But when I carry the notion that God is an actual fact, a God of love, a God that cares about me, a God that promises that he will never leave nor forsake me, then we find that those people actually have a far better mental health outcome. And let me share some of the the research that has been done. So research amongst non or non-Christian researchers has discovered the following. Uh, they found in 2005 amongst all the San Francisco um, people in the United States of America, they tied very clearly religio- uh, re- religious belief to a positive outcome with mental health issues. In other words, they, they looked at a big number of older people and they discovered that religious belief actually served as a buffer against depression and anxiety, uh, compare, uh, even in the midst of having very poor health. But what they discovered was that higher levels of depression was found amongst people who suffered with poor health but had no religious connection. What about with uh, dementia? Was there a same a similar connection with dementia? Where, where I haven't older people. I, I I haven't seen research on that though. But um, what we have found that those people that are more involved in religious activity, in other words, where there were a community of faith around them, in other words, a people that were not physically or biologically linked, but by faith linked, that we had far better outcome mentally there for all all the different levels mm. of mental health. Because it would seem to me that, you know, being or, being part of a an organized, you know, religion or a church would have to give you a much better um, outcome with dementia because, you know, it keeps you active, it keeps your mind active, it gives you something to look forward to at least once a week, if not several times a week. And surely these things would all be very, very positive for somebody who is prone to dementia. Now, Lyle, talking about that, let's look at what the research shows regarding uh, the brain of, uh, of, of a person. Mm. They have found that people that are actively uh, experiencing a prayer life, that their brain, especially the frontal lobe, have been developed far better in, in the sense that it is more active. The neuro uh, connecting points um, which is used in a regular basis when people go through difficult experiences in their life, tend to go much quicker to the positive than to the negative because their brain has been developed in that trust relationship. That is, yeah, that's actually truly remarkable. I mean, the Bible talks about how that, you know, the seal of God is placed in our forehead and in our forehead is where that frontal lobe is which seems to be being benefited so much through a prayer life. Correct. In 2010, a study by Newberg and his colleagues where they did brain scans found that long-term meditation, prayerful meditation, um, actually activated the frontal lobe area, such as the prefrontal cortex, 
compared with people who, who didn't have that long-term, um, you know, pre-meditation life. Now, when I use the word meditation, I'm not here referring to Eastern meditation of passive, you know, emptying your brain, but rather meditation in active prayer where you are in communication with God. By the way, you also has found that stress is relieved, uh, relieved and people are less anxious when that part of the brain is activated through active prayer. Yes, and, and you know, you, you, I, I guess we all sort of notice this from time to time as Christians when you get something that is affecting, you know, the entire community or whatever, say, for instance, you know, with the COVID crisis or what it might, whatever it might be. Um, we, we see ourselves as so much less anxious than others around us because we know how it all pans out in the end. Exactly. And that for me is one of the key things. If I'm, I'm a student of Bible prophecy, and I believe you as well, Lyle. And uh, as we look at Bible prophecy, we can see a God that already predicts what is going to happen, not that he is putting things in place in order for bad things to happen, but his foreknowledge. In other words, he's already been where we are going. And since he is an all-present God and an all-powerful God, I can actually rest assure my life into his care, knowing that he will take care of my future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when we look at this research that uh, indicates, you know, the people with spirituality have a you know a much better outcome, does that spirituality go across all religions? Um, like, say, for instance, Hinduism, um, Buddhism, you know, etc. Many of the other isms, Sikhism, etc., that are out there. Or is this something that is more unique to Christianity, where you have a more relational religion? There is quite a difference in in these kind of religions because the majority of religions is where you have to work yourself into an acceptance by your gods. In other words, to some degree, your action, your behavior actually is manipulating the way that your God is going to act towards you, where the Christian faith uh, actually worships and a God that provides unconditional love. Now, uh, that love is either accepted or rejected by the individual, but it doesn't change God's attitude towards the, the Christian. In other words, God uh, of, of the Christian faith is a God that comes searching for the lost and comes in our, into our brokenness and provides us new hope. It's very interesting, the years that I worked down in Cabramatta, in, in the anti-drug field that, uh, and, and by the way, in the field of, of counseling, often Christianity is frowned upon. And I so often predominantly work with people that have already been through the mental health system and it has failed them. And eventually they come into the practice that are set up there. And as we demonstrate and reflect the Christian value and the acceptance of our God, that transformation was rapid as people started to respond to that unconditional love that God provides. Mm. By the way, the Christian faith also promotes forgiveness, love, compassion. And uh, some of those key principles is embedded in modern Christianity, uh, in modern therapy, although they frown upon Christian uh, therapy but still is some of the key elements 
that brings about change in people's lives that have mental health issues. Mm, mm. Now, um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear you say this because I remember an experience some time ago when we were running a, a depression recovery program and one of the local government workers was so glad that we were because her comment as a counsellor was that as Christians we can do what she can't in that we can add the spiritual element in that she can't add the spiritual element in. Is there actually a barrier for government employees, government uh, uh, counsellors to speak about spirituality with their with their patients? There, there is very much so because, uh, and, and therefore there is far less advice given and far more exploration and self-discovery that needs to take place. So what happens if self-discovery needs to be uh, take place, but we recognize in, for instance, depression, that there's a lot of distortions, thinking distortions that we have. And uh, so people are actually handicapped in the process of giving therapy to people. I don't believe that a denomination is is the solution. I believe that a personal active relationship with God is the solution mm. because it really activates me to a level that no one else can, can activate me. It was very interesting. While many years ago, I was invited to be a guest speaker at the interagency uh, meeting of, of therapists. And I asked them on what topic would they like me to speak on. They said to me, we'd like you to speak on the work that you've done with Client X. I said, who's Client X? They said, don't try to fool us. We know he's your client. He used to be our client for many years with no change. He's been to your service for a few months and we hardly could recognize him. Tell us what you have done with Client X to bring about that transformation. As I met with him, I realized that everyone sitting in that hall with people from faith-based agencies that have given up on spirituality as part of their therapeutic program. Mm. All that I did was to introduce that individual to a higher power, namely God, that is able to take care. When he reaches a point where there's no more solutions, my God still has a thousand ways out, which I do not even yet know about yet. David, it seems that a real key here is our picture of God, our understanding of God once you know spirituality is introduced. How do we go about changing people's uh, misconceptions about the character of God? Because God is so often seen as just being the nasty old judge in the sky. How do we go about changing people's uh, conceptions about the character of God? Lyle, it is so true. Uh, research is out when people view God as a an angry grandfather ready to hit you the moment that you do wrong, that their mental health actually goes down. But when people actually take the courage to open the Word of God, and I would recommend that people open to the New Testament, the book of John, just start to, every morning, take an hour, just read a passage, reflect on it, and just in a conversation like talk to God and ask Him questions about that passage. And listen, listen to the impressions that come back. Talk to people that can guide them in their spiritual walk, that can introduce the positive approach of God. I just on Monday sat down with a man. He said to me, David, I, I, I'm scared to go into this religious realm because the God of the Old Testament is so harsh and cruel and kind, uh, unkind. And I said to him, that is also not the kind of God that I serve because the God that I see in, in the Old Testament is a God that works with 
imperfect people that refuses sometimes to do his will, and therefore God has to choose other ways of guiding them. Jesus says to, to Philip, he says, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Apparently, the God of the Old Testament is no different than the Jesus of the New Testament that was gentle, kind, and touching people's lives and restoring them. David Haupt, thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. I think this has been one of the most important sessions that we've ever had together. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.